You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Ah, good morning. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on your Friday morning. Good Friday morning to you. Not to be confused with Good Friday. Not Yeah, it's not Good Friday, but it is your first Friday to go to a fish fry. It's, with it's still Ash a Wednesday. good Friday. It's a good Friday because that voice you hear right there is John Schreiner. Gary Sharp is making his way to the Mile High City in Denver. It will be UNO men's basketball taking on Denver on Saturday to wrap up the regular season for the Mavs. And, of course, the women, as they do the exact opposite of the men, they will be here at Baxter and tomorrow taking on Denver. So John is kind enough to say, hey. I'll get up. I got a basketball game yeah, here. Why not? I'll help you all out. So safe it's travels to snowing. our man Sharpie. It is not snowing. And I, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimmy, because when I my morning routine when I go into the bathroom when I try to yeah, okay. <laughs> here we yeah, go. Yeah, I know. Here it's, we go. it's six o'clock, right? Should I play the deuce liner? <laughs> uh you know what? I, I, I didn't didn't have any morning glory this morning, so I was good. But uh there's a window morning glory that's there's kind of phrase. above like the, the bathtub that we never use except for our son. And that ha- doesn't have any blinds or anything. And it's kind of one of like those like stained glass windows. The last time I walked into the bathroom and it was super bright in there, even though the lights were turned off, was this time like, or last week, last Thursday. And I'm like, what the hell? Did it snow? <laughs> and I had to literally open the window because I can't really see what's going on outside because it's that weird stained glass window. I had to open the window, and it was just a false alarm. I, I think it was just the way the, the moonlight was hitting off mm. the street or something. I don't know. but uh, Beautiful yeah. story, Nick. Thank you. I, I know. You, you guys thought that was going somewhere, and it, it really didn't and go. And now around. you know the rest of the story. The rest of the story. Did, did we actually get the rest of the story? I, I, that sounded like the first part of a story to, to me. <laughs> you don't need to know the rest of it. It's Friday. What do you think? At a certain age and under, they're like, what the hell is that? I don't get it. Yeah. Yes. I just, I was, I, I, I still have a little bit of a itchy, scratchy feeling from last week when we, Jimmy went through this too. And we uh, all did a, a little bit, it was a little lengthier drive than what Sharpie has, but just the whole white knuckle drive getting here. Oh, yeah. It was my first morning commute oh, yes. with the new hours. That was, that was not fun. Yeah. It was, it was a little alarming because. When Dodge is completely covered in snow. And we make our own lanes. Yeah. And there's not five lanes on this road. Yeah. There is today. Well, I, I, like my car, if I even like touch like a lane, like I'm going off of the lane without signaling, it'll like the, the steering wheel will like do that little safety mechanism and vibrate. It wasn't doing that. And I guarantee you, I was like <laughs> all over the place because it had no idea where the freaking lines were either. But uh, it is a good Friday. It's a good weekend. And as Jimmy, John and I were talking just before we came on the air, as you mentioned, last regular season game for UNO men and women tomorrow. You've got mid-major conferences all experiencing senior day and having their last regular season. Folks, we are one week away from getting conference tournaments kicked off in the mid-majors. I love it. I love starting to hear like, 
whether you're listening to Sports Center reports or you're listening to the Deuce, and Jimmy's pointing out it's a senior day for this team or that team, it means we only got a few more regular season games and we get into conference tournaments. And I know this is when a lot of college basketball fans tune in. Now, casual it's when bracketology actually starts to matter. It, it I know does. we start doing and it after watch. Like game three of yeah, the season. Yeah. But now is when you can start paying attention to the bracketology and seeing like kind of how it all might shake out and it makes some sense yeah. as to where the season is going to end up. Well, and, and that's kind of the beauty of the conference tournaments now because when you, you get not only bracketology, but you get the bubble watch and you start to look at some of those teams going to the conference tournaments that are, you know, smack dab on the bubble and what can they do? You know, some get early exits, some kind of go on a heater. It, it's just fun to watch. And so I, I, this is where I do think a lot of college basketball fans kind of dig in, especially with a lot of the mid-major conferences because – a, it's postseason basketball a little earlier than the Power Six, and then B, it's a chance to see some of those teams that you might find on a 12 line or a 13 line that you might be interested in taking in an upset. And that's that's me. That's why I would like to watch the conference tournaments. It gives me some inside, you know, insight into how I'm going to fill out my bracket yeah. and, and which players I'm going to draft in my player pool. That's so funny to do a player pool. Oh, it's great! It's awesome! It's it, like It'd if you and your buddies thing. aren't doing an NCAA tournament player pool, you should be because it is my favorite fantasy sports event of the year. It is so much fun. I might have to look into it. Yeah, I've never done that. Oh, it's it's great because not only are you trying to project which teams are going to win, you're trying to project which players on those teams yeah. are going to to score points, and then you get to a point where it's like, well, do I take the guy who's probably going to score twenty points but only get one game? Or do I take the guy who might get four points a game for four games? Which one's going to be better? Yeah. It, it gets really interesting really quick, and it's a lot of fun. Well, you have Brandon Miller in there. E. Yeah, okay. Too soon. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the elephant in the room. Sharpie and I kind of t- talked about this yesterday, too. Elephant, Alabama, I see what you did. See, yeah. Hello. Yeah. And it's the, the part that I, I'm struggling with is – what the university, what law enforcement, who's kind of relaying a lot of the information to the university, what they know that has not been made public. Because obviously there is still stuff that has not been made public. The optics, I will say this, and I don't, I don't think I'm saying anything controversial here. I don't think that this is a hot take by any means. The optics are bad. Oh. That you have a player that is... I mean, he's the best player in college basketball. He's going to be the, the – I mean, he's a surefire number one draft pick. Yeah, Lottery maybe. pick. Oh. But you've got somebody who is involved, even without any maybe criminal charges, is involved in, according to a testimony of law enforcement, delivering a gun that committed a crime, allegedly. And so – the optics of that are not good because, and I've seen a lot of people, I mean, there's national college basketball reporters that are weighing in on this. And, uh, you know, you're, I, I saw a lot of the, I mean, hell, Grayson Allen got suspended for, you know, a game for tripping someone. And yet you've got uh, yeah, that- a young man who, by law enforcement testimony, uh, brought a gun to a now former teammate of his that ended up being a murder weapon. Let's just imagine the scenario, right? He's claiming ignorance. When, right. 
your buddy calls you, hey, I'm at the club. Bring me a heater. Yeah. Like, well, what was it? It was uh, bring bring my bring my joint, which was yeah. Which Might have was, been better if he would have brought him a joint. Brought him a joint. Everyone I mean, would have been calmer. And yeah, which everybody interpreted slang as you know, and obviously he knew what he was referring to, and bring his gun or a gun. What do you think is going to happen when you bring that? Oh, he just wants to to show it to somebody. Well, you know, and, and aren't they? They're kind of claiming self defense. Like it, it's still, I, and that doesn't that doesn't sit well either. It's at. At the most generous reading of the situation, it's poor judgment. Well, and, and it is. At, and, at an honest reading of the situation, it's complicity. Like, right, right. You're an accessory at that point, right? Like, I don't think I'm out of line to say that. That. Well, that and that's what Sharpie and I were talking about yesterday, too. There's something probably with Alabama law that maybe isn't the same as what we know in Nebraska, maybe know in Illinois or any other state that – something like that would lead you to believe that there would be some type of accessory in Alabama that's, or at least what he is linked is not necessarily the case. So it's clearly something different. And and that's kind of my point is it feels like Alabama is using the loophole, if you will, of, well, no charges. And we're pretty confident with what he's telling us and what law enforcement's telling us is a very consistent story. And we're going to go ahead and play this young man. Now, the the interesting thing about this, and it, again, we got into this a little bit, but I'd love to know your thoughts on this, Johnny, is you've got a young man that is is... I know it sounds weird to talk about this part, but you have to, because I think this is also part of the decision when the university is making decisions like that and they are talking with their, not only their university president, but more importantly, they are talking with their legal department of their options and what they can and can't do. Maybe what they would be in the best interest for them and for the student athlete is if you take Brandon Miller out, he doesn't play can he come back and sue the university because it's impacting his future prospects as a gainfully employed professional adult? And again, I don't know how much that factors into these decisions. All I, I, I kind of get back to the optics of it. The optics to me is you've got this story that is a very terrible story involving... Someone's dead. Some, yeah, someone's dead in your car was supposedly blocking this person in so they could not escape what turned out to be their demise. And at the very least, you're telling me you can't sit this player for a couple of games. Look, Alabama, you're still going to get your number one seed. Do you lose that game to South Carolina because Brandon Miller's not playing? Yeah, you might. Because other than Brandon Miller, that entire team was sluggish. I don't know if it was because of all this attention on that story is become a major distraction. I don't know what it is, but do they lose some games? Sure they do. Can you have them back for the tournament? I don't know if the optics are even worse because, oh, you sat them out, but now when it's time to try right. to win a national championship, you're going to bring them back in. All I know is there probably could have been some time missed for Brandon Miller. And as far as the legal ramifications, all you have to say is it's a coach's decision because no player is going to have any legal grounds for a lawsuit 
if they're benched because the coach decided they should be benched, right? Like that happens all the time. Coaches decide not to play players. They don't get sued for making a decision because the coach's ultimate responsibility is the best interest of his team and to represent his university. We hear that all the time. So the, the message that they've sent clearly is that Alabama basketball cares more about winning than how they are perceived in the public in the public eye, right? They care more about keeping their best player on the floor than respecting a legal process and maybe losing a game, maybe not having your best player on the floor all the time because he was admittedly involved in the commission of a crime. Now, what his legal culpability is in the commission of that crime, we don't know yet. That's got to be sorted out. But he was definitely involved in the act of murder. And and that's... That's that's what what everybody sees. That's what everybody hears. And I I just... I'm I'm very surprised that... Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm I'm very surprised that whether you're Greg Byrne, the athletic director, you're NATO, it's the head coach, or you're even the president of the university, you don't kind of step back for a moment and say, can we at least keep this young man from competing on the floor? He can be with the team. He's not, you know, it's not a full suspension where he can't be away from the team, but we just, we don't need him competing right now while we kind of let this thing play out a little bit and maybe more information comes out about his connection or lack thereof from a criminal standpoint. Again, no charges and that's important. No charges have been filed, but it's, it's the optics of something like this. But players are also suspended all the time pending legal investigation. Sure. sure. Absolutely. Pending internal investigation. Absolutely. Right? They very often players get sat down because they're involved in something you know, untoward, minor things, like drug offenses, yeah. thing, you know, shoplifting, things like that that are not life or death situations. They get sat down and say, we're going to conduct an internal investigation mm-hmm. for the time being. This player's not going to play, and we'll make a decision yeah. based on our findings, right? You that, know, that's not what Alabama did. They just said, well, let them let play. The, o- the only thing, and I was thinking about this yesterday, the only thing I can imagine that would end up not looking as bad for Alabama in this decision. Again, there is a line of communication between law enforcement and the university that we're probably not, that, no, I know, not even probably, we're not, we're not privy to. And this is completely hypothetical because I have not even heard this theory floated out there. You have to be, I would just think in that situation though, regardless of how good the player is, because that shouldn't matter right now. Regardless of how good the player is, I would think if you're Nate Oates and if you're Greg Byrne, you would have to feel pretty good about what you're hearing from law enforcement that you also feel at some point that's going to see the light of day and people are going to really understand what truly happened or what was going on. The only thing I can think of is if he was somehow put in a a threatening position, if Miller himself was kind of put in a you do this or else. You stay here or else. Like he felt his life was threatened. Like he felt he was somewhat bullied in that into that situation. Again, I'm not saying that's even been suggested or considered. But I'm saying 
if they're getting some type of account from the player himself, then law enforcement, and that's kind of corroborating, then okay, maybe. But again, you could still sit the young man out for a game or two. Right. It it just it continues to come back to the optics of it. It, it and they're not good. It, I mean, this is absolutely secondary, but like, what does this mean for Nate Oates? Right? Like, the optics around Nate Oates now are terrible. This is a guy who highly respected coach, you know, has really turned Alabama basketball into yep. a contender, not necessarily known as a basketball school historically. He's done a great job there. Who's going to be mentioned probably for big jobs in right. the coming years? Yep. Like big, he might not have a job at Alabama next year based on the handling of this thing. Well, but remember, he's getting the okay. Now I don't know if he's pushing for this or not, but he's getting the approval not only from his direct boss but from his direct boss's boss too. Okay, I mean but- this is also being uh, okayed by the university president, by sure. the university legal, and by his immediate boss, Greg Byrne, the athletic director. So if his job status is in trouble, then all of their jobs are probably in trouble, is what I would say. If it if it comes out that, you know, the story is as we think it is, and he was just asked to deliver the weapon and blocked in the victim, and that's all true, and he... And he did so intentionally. He did, he did so intentionally, he, 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 yeah. and he ends up getting charged as an accessory to this crime. How can, how can you justify what Nate Oates is doing? Well, and that's why if I... I if, Again, if I don't know what's going to happen, but I I strongly feel they have been giving some type of reassurance that he will not be charged at all. Because if there's even a chance that he could be, you would be one of the biggest morons to say, you know what? Until those charges come, we're going to go ahead and play him. Because Man, it looks know. bad now. Well, I'm, and I'm with you. It, it looks bad now. It would look far worse if that ends up happening. I I got to believe. Maybe, you know, and sometimes coaches are blinded by that because they see, you know, the benefit of having a player of that caliber on their team. They only see the benefit of that and they can't see, you know, maybe the the long-term ramifications if something takes a turn. But I would like to think that Greg Byrne, university president, university legal, would all understand the ramifications if something in the investigation sort of turned to where he is charged. I would assume that they have been reassured that there are no charges coming. And that's why I go back to, they, I, I feel very confident that they're hearing something that they can they can feel okay about. They can go to sleep and feel okay about. Right, but this is all preliminary stuff. If more evidence comes in and the police department has some more evidence, whatever they said at the beginning doesn't matter now. Sure. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't want to make it sound like, hey, they should be doing this. And they're, trust me, the kid has got absolutely you know, no major role in this whatsoever. I think the optics of it are terrible. But could things turn to where he does? Because right now, I mean, that's what Alabama's hanging their hat on is there's no charges. You know, if we keep him out of play, could he, you know, come back and sue us? I don't think there's any way he could. And I don't know it well enough to say he could or could not, but... It's not a good look. It's it's not a good look. Quite frankly, the handling of the whole thing on Alabama's part 
makes me a little bit disgusted. Yeah. Well, and, and Nate Oates' comments that he had to sort of backtrack on, you know, kind of downplaying the significance of the incident itself, uh, you know, and, it's and, gross. T- and talking about his player being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And, yeah. Oh, boy. And, and Sharpie brought this up yesterday, too, that the fact that Nate Oates did know a lot of the information before he had that initial uh, comment about it and then sort of, you know, backed away from that and had to sort of retract a little bit of that and clarify his, you know, thoughts and prayers to the victim and, and to their families. And it's just like, that's where you do get this whole, well, we need him to play. We need this guy to play. So I'm going to try to downplay his role as much as I can. Like, that's not the forum for anything close to that. To me, just smacks of win at all costs. Winning is the most important thing. The human life that was lost. Sounds like the SEC. Well, it does just mean more. The human life that was lost is, it's an ancillary thing to the basketball season, you know. Look, we're competing for a national title here. Yeah. Like, do you guys understand that? That yeah. we're competing for a national title? And, and don't worry, winning cures everything. So, I mean, you guys might be Look, up in arms about this now, but Brandon Miller's a lottery pick. Do you guys understand that? Well, and we were we were talking about this yesterday. How difficult. I mean, you see Brandon Miller going off for 41 in a game that he's carrying the team because they're about ready to lose to South Carolina. He is single-handedly keeping that team in the game to the point that they win the game because of his efforts. And you do this. I've done it. Jimmy does it. We've called basketball games. You gravitate to the story. You lean in onto the lead. The lead would have been, on any other night, that player's performance. But then you can't ignore the major story around that player and that program, too. Like, how difficult it's going to be to really prop up those types of performances, which you're going to get more of as long as he's playing because he's that good. You're going to get more of those. How difficult that must be to talk about that, but also acknowledge eh, there's a bigger deal going on. It's also incredibly hypocritical because we hear coaches all the time talk about integrity, you know, doing the right thing, doing the right thing in all situations for your teammates, for you know, doing what's best for the team. Well, playing Brandon Miller might be what's best for the scoreboard. It's certainly not what's best for the institution. This is, this is going to be, I mean, the way it looks right now, we can't say how it's all going to shake out. It looks like an enormous black mark on the face of the University of Alabama right now. It just makes you feel yuck. Like, yeah, it does. It, it feels so greasy that he's allowed to go on playing while there's a murder investigation going on and his name is smack in the middle of it. That, that just sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah I, I can't disagree with that. And unfortunately, those are the optics that, that we have with it. And you're getting into... And that's the thing is we... You know, I, I was led the show off, you know, geeked out about conference tournaments coming up. We're just, uh, I mean, in a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about day two of the NCAA tournament, which is exciting. And yet, I mean, this is a, it's a major story because Alabama is going to be in the mix a hundred percent. And it's, it's where we are. Uh, we are going to be talking some college basketball, big weekend for Nebraska and Creighton. Creighton's got uh, a big one on the road and 
Don't look now. Villanova starting to come into form a little bit. Big win for them this week. They will host Creighton early game tomorrow out there in Philly. We'll get into that. Nebraska in a, dare I say, must win. Not for their postseason prospects because we can get into that, but they're favored and what they've done to this point. I talked about this yesterday, a validation game against a Minnesota team that is just bad. We'll get into that as well. Going to be talking to Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7 Sports at 8.30. Also, uh, J.D. Pickell of On3 talked with Matt Rule. We're going to talk with J.D. at 9 o'clock here on the show. And then, of course, our good buddy Matt Verzel, former Husker, will join us at 9.30. Our lineup powered by the Rooferies, John Higgins, Weather Guard. Uh, when we return, by the way, we did have the uh, Cocaine Bear viewing party last night. We're, uh, yeah, you know what, when we come back, uh, Jimmy and I can, um, I don't know how long the review would take, but uh, we we're can. We're going to go all Siskel and Ebert. We could, we could sum it up by saying, and I think we all said this as we were leaving the theater yesterday, as exactly what I thought it would be. That's exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, we were home before nine. And we were, yes, which was great, which was really good. Uh, some Husker football I want to get into as well, including Athlon's list of the Big Ten quarterback ranking and who they have for Nebraska's quarterback. Uh, we'll get into that. And also, I know it's a big day for you. You get to, you know, Eric B. Enemy. It's introduced as the offensive coordinator. And you've got a billionaire who's looking to possibly put in a bid for the Washington Commanders, too. Huh? Yeah. So some stuff going on. I do like that. And Aaron Rodgers is probably on hour uh, 17 of being back in civilization. What does that mean for the Packers? And if you're a Packer fan at some point, at what point do you say enough is enough? We got that and plenty more big college basketball weekend as well. All coming your way. It's mornings with Sharp and Hanley, 1620 The Zone. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.